This week on the Root Simple Podcast, we're featuring someone else's podcast that we think you should subscribe to, Opposable Thumbs. Every two weeks, hosts Taylor and Rob interview a guest who issues a creative challenge to the next guest on the podcast. Think of it as kind of a maker interview combined with a game show. The hosts also participate in the challenge. We're simulcasting the first half hour of Opposable Thumbs episode number 10, on which Kelly and I attempt to tackle the notion of creating problems. And now, the Opposable Thumbs podcast. Wow. Hey, so it's awesome to have y'all on. Uh, great to be here. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've listened to uh, Root Simple for a super long time, and it and it was like definitely like I was like, oh, I those are people I kind of know and stuff, and like they're doing a podcast, so it's cool to have. I don't know. It's like, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. The, the, like the, the you guys feeling, made it. Yeah, the feelings mutual. I've been enjoying opposable thumbs too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys have such an interesting. Whoa, whoa, we should start because I, I we have questions for you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to the Opposable Thumbs podcast. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks, and we talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. The Root Simple podcast duo, Eric Knutson and Kelly Coyne, are our guests this week. Welcome, Eric and Kelly. Hello, Rob and Taylor. Yeah, thank yes. you for having us on. Woo! Yeah. I've done a, done a four before. Pretty yeah, exciting. this is cool. This is cool. We need a safe word or something. Um, my name is Chocolates. Rob Ray. Chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate's our safe word. My name is Rob Ray. <laughs> I use the he, his gender pronoun. Uh, I run the very small exoskeleton art space in Los Angeles and host and frequent art openings and events. And I'm an experienced director at an interactive agency here in Los Angeles. And I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm based in Chicago. I'm an artist and Educator, DIY engineer, and noted tall person. Uh, I'm a he, his kind of guy. Well, we're both tall people, too. So this is Eric oh, Hudson. Nice. Yeah, so got a club I'm here. I'm way going. outnumbered. Well, you know, my this is a little on a side, but my parents met in a club for tall people, but we can <laughs> talk about that What was the time. name of the club again? It was called the uh, Tip Toppers. <laughs> not, oh. not to be confused with the Mile High Club of Denver, but, you know, yes. anyways. Uh, tall so drink of water would be a good bar for tall people. <laughs> so, so well, well, what, what are you guys ringing in at? Let's do stats real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All wise. There, while we're at it, I'm 6'2", Kelly. I'm a mere 5'10". Yeah. 5'10", that is decent. Mm. My uh, my <laughs> mom is 5'10". Um, I think of that as sort of a minimum height for people, although my wife's only like 5'3". <laughs> It's true. <laughs> well, I, I understand that because I think I'm normal height, and people who are taller yes. than me are tall. People who are shorter than me are short. Like I'm the standard by which all things are judged. You're in the club, dude. Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taylor, how tall are you? Six four. Six four. Um, as uh, who's the? Uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but there's somebody who always refers. He's six five, and he refers to himself as circus tall. So I think I'm just. <laughs> Just at the edge of circus tall. Yeah. I'm only five nine and a half. <laughs> that half counts, yeah. darn it. You do have very pointy hair, though. That pointy hair that helps. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't notice that Taylor is tall. We're, we're both huggers. We're from the Midwest, and so we, we hug. <laughs> <laughs> and I notice that Taylor is very tall when I, when he hugs me because he has to like really stoop over to hug me. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> when I was teaching, or rather, when I was working a terrible job in the Midwest, I was walking around in an undershirt because I didn't know any better at work. And this um, <laughs> young woman who's very short and wearing sort of the, the caked on classic Midwestern makeup. She was walking in front of me, but then forgot something and turned around and did this face plant right in my chest and left behind the sort of shroud of Turin um, <laughs> pancake makeup. I, I wish I had a picture of that. <laughs> but we interrupted you guys on your, or we, I interrupted you guys. Uh, so please uh, finish off your self-introductions. Well, so Eric Newton and uh, Kelly Coyne here, and we are Root Simple, which is a blog and podcast and publishing empire. Is that correct, <laughs> Kelly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So how-to how to stuff. How-to low-tech home tech, as we like to say. Well, the first thing I'm noticing, because I, I have a little catching up to do, given that you're on episode 105. Do I have that right? That's right. What, uh, episode 105. And are you measuring these like hotel guest rooms where it's actually just the fifth episode or is it literally, is it really 105 episodes? Because we're, we're really excited that we're on 10 right now. Well, that's mm -hmm. good. You made it past the critical three. So that means you're going to mm. keep going. But yeah, no, no, it's, that's, <laughs> those are accurately measured podcasts. Yeah. I don't know how it happens. It just, they just add up. They add up yeah. somehow. So I, Eric, we met, as I remember this. In Wendover, Utah. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. It was at the Center for Land Use Interpretations Residence mm -hmm. Center, but we were not residents at the time. Somehow we had just converged there at the same time. Well, if I remember correctly, you were welding a, a very impressive tower there. Yeah. Deborah Stratman and I were there. Exactly. Yep. 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 Doing that. And the tower is still up and up and going, which is great. Wendover is like a a proving ground for art. I may be getting this wrong, but you were definitely a cohort in this action. There was the many. There were many targets uh, because the target. Oh, museum the target museum. Oh, the was target museum. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Steve Rowell and I. Yep. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Steve Rowell. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. And it was. And the targets were so amazing, um, because I remember the ones that I thought were so just. I mean, there were many that were great, like, this is kind of tragic, but, you know, like Saddam Hussein and like different kind of infamous <laughs> characters right. that you, you know, people want to shoot, which is horrible and weird, but interesting. <laughs> um, but then there was these targets that were like police test targets <laughs> yeah. and they were meant to make you kind of second guess yourself. So like you could, there was like a paper VCR <laughs> and like other things mm -hmm. and you could you could make it like the person who has like the ski mask, but they're, they're not holding a gun. They're holding a VCR. And so like, you, you're not supposed to shoot them cause they're not armed. But then like there was a pregnant woman. And so like you could give her something to put in her hand and it's like, well, you would maybe wouldn't be inclined to shoot a pregnant woman, but if she had like a, a Mac 10, then you should, you know, like it was this really interesting, like how do you create these sort of unexpected, uh, target scenarios. Anyway, that I that like is burned in my brain so much because I was just like, who are these <laughs> these people who have this tube full of really interesting target images? And then it, now, it, of course, it all makes sense many years later. But 
Yeah, you know, what's funny about that is, well, Matt Coolidge, who runs the center, kind of commissioned Steve and I to put together a Target museum because that particular hangar is near a, a, a an old World War II vintage uh, Target range. So his idea is we should have a Target museum. And the funny thing about all those Targets is that I'd like to say that I curated them. However, I just ordered the sampler pack, which literally came <laughs> with all of those. Including, there's one that's, I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of a classic one from the 1950s. It's still printed over and over and over again. It has a name, and it's just sort of hairy dude, you know? But yeah, then there's the other ones with the add-on, like, yeah, you could add a screwdriver or a VCR, right? Or a gun. Is so, this a literal? Yeah. Is the edition the actual object or an image of the object? It was a, it was a, a tape-on flat you know, VCR yeah. gun, right? So they were great. There was another one of someone behind a couch, like a really crappy 70s plaid couch. I remember that yep. one. It was a good one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're behind something. But they just have a VCR. Like, <laughs> exactly. You can't, shoot, you can't shoot the burglar who's just committing, like, breaking and entering. You know, but if they have a gun, then you're supposed to... I don't know. It was really... I don't know. It seems like... Oh, oh, was that the intention? The VCR wasn't random? It was to indicate somebody who had just burgled a place? Yeah, but not not armed. Oh, so you had to, like, make the call, like, oh, they're not armed, so I can't... I'm not supposed to shoot... Like, you don't get points for shooting the armed person, which these yeah. days doesn't seem to fly very much. <laughs> <laughs> the other... I don't know if this is breaking a confidence, but uh, that... That whole thing almost ended up in the Whitney Museum because some curator oh, wow. from the Whitney came through. And um, I think Matt wisely said, no, we've got some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like it, out of context it wouldn't really work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it had to be, it had to be there out in the middle, which is a really extraordinary place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, sorry. I just, it's funny, to, like, when you, it's just like, you know, when you first meet someone, you don't really... So many times it's just at a party or something, but for you, I was just like, whoa, what is going on? So anyway. The, the feeling's like, mutual, actually, because I remember <laughs> that tower came down and you guys were welding it back together, like, immediately, it which really yeah. impressed me. Because, yeah. uh, you know, that, the, the, like, comp, the, the, the commitment to it was really, yeah. really impressive. Reckless, reckless commitment. Yep. <laughs> these, oh, yeah, Rob, I want to give a quick shout-out to Macedonia, which I think is our... Uh, largest listening group outside the primarily English as a first language world. Wow. Uh, Macedonians, hit us up. Hello, Macedonia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Um, yeah, we just hit, sorry, before we dive in, we just hit, we're almost at 2,000 downloads, which... 3,000, my brother. Oh, 3,000, wow. yeah, thanks. Which, not not per episode, just just in total. Congratulations. <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling good about that. Um, Reb, that's one thing you taught me when you were running the Dead Tech Gallery, is you would have you would sit open hours at the gallery, and if you talked to one person, you would just talk to him for eight hours if they stayed there. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I was always really impressed that you would just think like, oh, I had a really good singular conversation today. Yeah, <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to keep that with me. The expectations. Yeah. So when I th I think when I first met you both, I knew a book I believe you both worked on called is it am I, am I I'm not messing this up right homegrown evolution the urban homestead the urban homestead yes right? yes oh yeah yeah and and then I knew the blog 
And then I was just like, it is an empire. Like, because then your podcast <laughs> Such came a out. small empire. <laughs> and I was just curious how, I mean, it's super infectious, like what you, how you both have found um, truly like a, like a DIY means of embracing sort of life approaches and also people that you love to hang out with and and like like your lives feel very legible and inspiring but through but not through like a a tv show or something like that you know like 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 just through the the means that you found successful for yourselves like making a book or having a blog or making your own podcast and i was just curious how if if that was something like did you sort of have like a connection to DIY culture before you you both started doing these endeavors or is, and and this was sort of an extension of that or did you start with the book or the blog and just sort it started rolling from there i was just kind of curious about like historically how how you sort of fell into sort of paving paving is maybe not not a good <laughs> word for uh, for uh deep paving uh, Yes, depaving your own way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In through the, through this kind of world. Well, I think we've both always done lots of DIY stuff, and at a certain point, I realized uh, that I could put it all together on a blog. Oh, that was Survive LA. So yeah, it was kind of like finding a unified field theory of all the crazy things that we like to do. Which, by the way, is actually, if you go to the L.A. Central Library, it's all on lower level two. That's always where we are You'll as lower Eric level there. two. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly often, too. Although Kelly That might have been the, yep. the last I, I, time I, I saw you, Eric, was in front of the library. <laughs> that's not... That's funny. <laughs> that's likely. That's, Very likely, yeah. 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 Wow. There's a kind lower of... Lower level two. Yeah, Sorry. lower level two. That's where I always am, which is where all the sort of how-to books, gardening... Uh, woodworking, some science is down there, cooking, that kind of stuff. And that's that kind of sums up a lot of Kelly and our mutual interests. I think it goes way back. I mean, I think especially for Eric. Um, Eric lost his mother this year, very sadly. Um, mm. She was 92. And she was an extremely crafty lady. And so she, um, she did everything. I mean, it was like... <laughs> We're sorting through our house now, <laughs> 60 years Whoa. of DIY materials all packed in there. Um, but yeah. I think he inherited that from her. You know, I think he grew up doing things with her. I didn't come from a crafty family. I had to find that myself. But mm -hmm. I can certainly see a trajectory from young Eric. Uh, you know, your mom had you gardening, growing carrots in the backyard. You were building things. Yeah. You were doing your own little radio shows with your with your cassette tapes. Yeah, just wow. like yeah. I mean, it's it's a real direct line. You know, Kelly, have case. you have you heard those? I have not. Oh, I dang! Have not have heard Take about them. Are we talking about real to real or? Oh no. yes. Oh Did no. Did you there have a real? A, yeah, oh, not real to real. <laughs> I thought yeah. you know every at, at that from at our age, uh, every every kid had went through a period of fascination with like the cassette recorder. I remember playing with our yeah. cassette yeah. recorder endlessly, yeah, doing the chipmunk thing. Yeah, sure. um, but you had a real to real. Oh yes. Yes, which you can do effects on. I think I had two reel-to-reels at one point. You could feed one tape through to the other and do a poor uh, man's delay, right? Uh -huh. 
Uh, wow, you were like yeah. your very own throbbing gristle or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then it dead stick. Yeah. Culver City's oh, oh. throbbing gristle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't throb same, a lot. At the same time, <laughs> Kelly, I want to hear about, as a, as a fellow person who did not, I mean, my dad was very crafty, although I didn't grow up with him. Um, and so I had to find it too. So Kelly, did you have a transformative moment? How did you get there if you weren't farming carrots as a two-year-old and so on? You know, I have to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to backpedal that because I just realized I, um, uh, uh, my dad was a was a maker. You know, he he yeah. liked to do home uh, home improvement. He was always pounding on something and adding something onto something else. <laughs> Beer in one hand, hammer in the other. <laughs> um, but I wasn't encouraged to do stuff. And my mom certainly is more of the retail um, sort of mindset. So, um, so I often forget about dad. But I think he probably set. Um, set a uh, an example for me and then i had like the de- the grandparents out of the depression era and they I, I think that generation really helps all of us um of, of this age if you grew up with like a depression era grandparent um or eric's mom was an older mom so she sort of bridged that as well you you know they have that you know keep it fix it make do do it yourself like that was very much an ethos um, that the baby boom generation did not have, that most of my parents were, were boomers. So um, I learned from them too. So I, I don't, there was not a great um, conversion moment by any means. I was always, I, I was kind of a, I like to draw and make things all the time from the time I was little. And I think, uh, yeah, it just, I think it caught on fire when we moved into our own house and we, for the first time, had a place to do things. You know, you can't do much. You know, we we always tried, especially early on, um, to focus some of our writing and our stuff on on apartment. You know, stuff you can do when you're in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things really took fire when we had our, our own little crack house that we could do anything we wanted with. You know, and land. Um, and you know, we had to, also you have to learn a lot really fast too. Like. Oh, I got a yard full of weeds. What do I plant? What do I do? How do you start a garden? You know, I don't know. We'd been, you know, baking bread and stuff at home in our apartment, but in the house was a whole, like, it was a whole level up. Can I go out on a limb and guess that the crack house thing wasn't just a turn of phrase? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty close to a crack house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the, what, what's an example of the, of what would lead you to describe that house as a crack house. Well, it was more a house with cracks. Well, it was full of cracks. <laughs> Literally <laughs> cracks everywhere. <Ooh>. And uh, <laughs> Tip uh, your waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Foundation crumbling. Uh, it had been kind of abandoned for a long time before we moved in. So there were, you know, I, I remember the first time I peeked in the windows, I saw a lizard crawling across the floor inside, which I thought it was a good omen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, how did you how did how how did how did you get into making things? I was gonna ask you the same thing, but uh I, I think um man, I don't know. We talked in a previous episode about making napalm from the <laughs> the anarchist cookbook in a really dangerous way. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's like I mean I was part of a group that was really imaginative and so we were doing the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing and all that stuff, um, and Renaissance fairs. Uh, <laughs> actually, that might be the place where it got started, like making 
in retrospect, you know, pre-cosplay um, buy a hank of fabric and drape it on your shoulder like a toga and then think of yourself as costumed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I definitely struggled for a long time without really having any sort of people to talk to about that and then also never having discovered the library uh, like Eric and Kelly had. <laughs> I really had to wait till the internet showed up before I before I blossomed, Rob. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> I, so I had a grandmother who was a florist and also a hobbyist painter, but like a pretty, pretty good one. Um, but not like a fine art painter, but like a, uh, someone who painted for themselves, but also, you know, would show other people that her paintings and stuff. And that, I think she always encouraged us to, you know, draw and paint and stuff. And she always had like, her paints out and stuff so we would kind of get into that and i think she sort of in retrospect she probably put up with a lot of like child horseplay with her kind of expensive stuff which is is <laughs> to her credit very nice um and then my dad is a very diy person but for not for sort of diy reasons he's quite thrifty and so he's he, an accountant right yeah and, and he's and an accountant's did- accountant have you told the story yet about how he saw uh, what he saw at Area Fifty One? <laughs> <laughs> I I I have not. Uh, uh, he he was at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, and I'll I'll just say this very quickly: yeah. is my dad is an accountant. He's not um, prone to um, he's prone to the pragmatic, even even in its most irrational forms. Um, and he rational pragmatism. <laughs> yeah, he 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 really. So he was at Wright Patterson Air Force Base because he worked for the government, um, and he really feels pretty strongly that they he saw a room, um, that had uh, animal tissue listed as the its main sort of container. And uh, and he was like, you know, if if the government has aliens, this is where they would be. He was like, it had all the trappings of like government contractor manages the air conditioner, like like all the things, you know. <laughs> and so I, I kind of I believe what he saw. Like he, he doesn't say like I saw aliens, you know, like but he was like. Why? Why would there be? Why does this room exist? And if right. and if it is aliens, this is what this is what it would be. You know, like this, is this would be, this is exactly the setup that felt like as, as someone who was a lifelong government employee, this is exactly how it would be. It wouldn't be this like crazy room that you need a fingerprint and stuff to get into. And like a Tom Cruise outfit to go see, like you just walk down the hall and it's like a, a letter headed letter in a frame on the door that says like, don't go in. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so he, he was a very DIY person um, and we sort of bonded over some of that stuff. And also like I had some selfish reasons, like he would start to work on the car and it would maybe not be working so well and he would get mad and I would end up kind of finishing working on the car for him uh, or with him because I had like real strong reasons for wanting a functioning car, like on a Friday night. Uh, uh, And so like, (laughs) I would like hustle to figure out like how to bleed the brakes on the car. Um, and he would just get mad and want to quit. And so, so I would sort of take over projects at times. Um, cause I was 
I was into it, and also I had sort of my own selfish reasons. Well, and then I got into like how else and stuff. were you going to get out to the hate shack? Exactly. <laughs> oh no, I forgot I told Taylor about the hate shack. The Speaking hate of shack? crack houses, the hate shack was this like <laughs> punk rock house in Orlando, Florida, where many, many, a lot of innocence was lost. <laughs> it was the opposite of the love shack. It, it it was, yeah, it, it really was, in in almost every way. I mean, it was a place that we all loved, but but it wasn't. Um, if you um, see a faded, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh wow, you yeah. head in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hate shack was was quite a place. Um, mm. Shout out to the the people who survived the hate shack. Yep. they're out there in Macedonia. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sh- should we, should yes. we talk about projects? I, I have, I have pushed you guys adrift too many times. Let's talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's so see. I have placed upon Slack a little zip package for you guys and I'm luxuriating in faster internet than I'm accustomed to. So go oh, ahead yeah. and da- download that little fella. Hopefully it won't take you too long. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'll have to turn this over to Kelly to interpret the code. Though. Well, yeah, right. Awesome. <laughs> I see. Oh, there's some descriptions in here. I see Beautiful Soup. That's always a good sign. It's a really good library. Oh, yeah, you turned me on to Beautiful Soup. Oh, cool. That's a good one. Oh. Hmm. There's an Islamic poetry oh, yeah. RSS right. feed. Right. Uh-huh. And it looks like you have a file called poem.txt with a write flag flipped, so you can write to it. Uh, is it an array? A replace. You're replacing line or uh, HTML breaks with maybe a line break. Uh-huh. Can't get anything past this dude, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think the code, yeah, the code. Oh, print the default printer. So, so it could be that the um, if you guys are finding it's too much of an uphill battle, let's bring in the visual media. Okay, but Sounds hopefully good. that'll give you some context for what's taking place here. Uh-huh. Eric or Kelly, I'll let you describe the photos. Perhaps. All right. So I start with TH one here, and uh, uh-huh. all right, loading it up. Oh, oh, wait a second. No, that <laughs> <laughs> that's another photo. That's something I was okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you'll get to that later. That story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait. Here, here yeah, I should try to load that one up. Oh. Oh. Here we go. Okay. So I see a cardboard box with um, maybe a power supply or something in the bottom. I don't know what that mm-hmm. is. Am I right? Oh, and a um, some kind of board, maybe a Raspberry Pi or Arduino or something there. Raspberry Pi. You got it. Okay. And a set of uh, Honda keys in the background. <laughs> oh, very to do good. With, yeah, and a stove. Yeah. Can you can you tell the brand of my storage space based on that <laughs> photograph? Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a hundred dollar key. I know about that. So, anyways, don't break that sucker. I bought that car used, and the 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 dealer guy didn't have the second key, so he had us come back and meet him in a Popeyes parking lot. <laughs> then it was it was Long John Silver's, and then he passed it across like a drug deal, and well. I. And that's a hundred dollar key. Now yeah. I know. Yeah, that's why. 
There's a Lagunitas box too. So yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notable sponsor of podcasts, if I might. Oh, add. there we oh. go. Oh. Ooh, should we play the video, Taylor? Do it. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's a uh, uh, one of those like receipt printers printing out a Islamic poem, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. By Maria Zane. And the printer is mounted, I think, in a hole in the Lagunitas box. So yes. inside the box is still still the Raspberry Pi. So I, I'm guessing that the Raspberry Pi is running the code, which is nice. going and getting the poems and printing them out on the printer. No need it. for a case. You know, no there need to is. use plastic, right? And just yeah, it's, it's a case nice. of beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> a <case of> beer. <laughs> you know, you you write what you know. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, so of course, just as a reminder, the challenge is creating problems that was offered by Matt Stunky. Yep. And um, it he really he hit ho- close to home on this one for me because I'm always sort of debating with my academic colleagues about the distance between design and art. And I kind of feel like art can do it all. And then design can do a subset of art. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Uh like there's, there's a certain amount of flexibility that a particular kind of designer takes away from themselves. Um, And so this wound up, like I was working on it. And then at a certain point I said to myself, well, where's the problem? And I had to kind of go back around and think on it. So, so what I arrived at was, you know, the, my average, or really the average American's interaction with, um, uh, Middle Eastern culture is, you know, broadly Islamic culture is just consuming oil. And, um, and one of the only tangible things you get from that after you burn it all is the receipt. And so here I could use the receipt as a document of my relationship to Islamic culture, not as just a consumer of, um, you know, a natural resource that'll eventually be gone, but as a consumer of the culture itself, the actual culture. Um, so this is an RSS feed that gives you a different Islamic poet every day. Uh, and then it prints it out in this receipt and then you have this tangible little object that you can um, regard instead of just, you know, um, your telephone where you get these sort of diaphanous, uh, immaterial pieces of media that you can ignore, um, more easily than a concrete object. Oh yeah. That's hmm. cool. There you go. Does it, <laughs> does it print a different, is it a poem of the day or I was just wondering about that kind of how a different poem gets printed. Yeah, so the the RSS feed claims to be a different poem every day. Although I ran it yesterday and I got the same poem, so I have to uh-huh. double check. I have to double check on that. The, the other thing that I haven't yet put in is the Python scheduling to make it just happen every day. You know, I'd have oh, yeah. to have this plugged in twenty four seven so that it would kick off at the right time. Yep. Uh, but there's a couple of projects I've worked on with the Raspberry Pi. Like I did some stuff hooking into the um, the bus and train predictors for the Chicago Transit Authority. And I haven't quite gotten to the point yet where I have DIY electronics I made myself that are just running 24-7 and plugged into the wall. Um, uh, so I suppose I have to just uh, you know take that last leap. But I'm looking forward to trying to build more of these things where I set up challenges for myself. Like, I'm not really a lover of poetry, so that would be the second layer. Like, not only should I confront a poem every day, but also a poem from a 
culture that I hear a lot about through different portals, you know, and try to get a different perspective. To find out what we did, you'll have to listen to the rest of the podcast over on opposablepodcast.com. There's a link in the show notes. Hint, our response involves seed balls, payloads, and explosives. You can also subscribe to Opposable Thumbs in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. We'll be back with the Root Simple podcast in two weeks with a conversation with San Francisco urban beekeeper, Terry Oxford.